I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. And for Payne and Pendergast, I'm Sean Bajani, and he is John McLean, presented by Horn Solutions. Before we take a trip around the NFL, John, you got something really cool that uh, you got going on. Why don't you tell the people about uh, this charitable event, or not event, but uh, project you have? A helmet. I wish I would have done this before Christmas, and I apologize. I just tweeted this, McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And it is a helmet signed by a lot of athletes like Warren Moon, Mean Joe Green, Clyde Drexler, Roger Clements, and Mattress Mac, among others. And it's for Jay's House. Jay's House is a Houston-based nonprofit serving boys in foster care. And I know how much good they do at Jay's House. But I tweeted it, and they want people, this ball is being auctioned to benefit Jay's house, and uh, it's easier to go to McLean, M-C-C-L-A-I-N, underscore, on, underscore, NFL, but uh, the other one is uh, where it, it is, where it's being auctioned is Give Butter, which is a website.com, Jay's house, 2022 auction. It's for a great cause. Thank you very much. Oh, that's awesome, man. The helmet sounds amazing. Like, anybody that's I'd like to anybody. have that myself. <laughs> well... Pony up the big bucks. I had a, I, I don't collect things, but they're throughout the decades, Sean. I've been to events where there was some really neat stuff that it just didn't have a lot of people bidding on it. Mm-hmm. So I got it, and I would take it home. Carol would, what in the world are you bringing home? Like I would bring, I had Roger Clemens's UT jersey. I had, wow. I got Clemens's yeah. Astro jersey, and maybe. His Red Sox. I know it wasn't the Yankees, and I had Lajuan and Nolan Ryan and Warren Moon and a bunch of them had signed pictures. Yeah. And I thought at some point I want to have a sports room where I can put all these on the walls. Mm-hmm. So we had it. I had everything stored at a storage unit here. And about five years ago, I had Manning jersey, Steve Young, had a bunch, and somebody broke in and stole everything. Oh. And I'm thinking, man, oh, man, somebody made quite all. And uh, uh, and so I told Carol I won't do this anymore. And I really regretted it. And uh, when I retired from the Chronicle in March, I had several helmets that were autographed, given to me with the Gridiron Legends, and I have those in my house. I would never 
put them in a storage unit again. I mean, there's obviously some of those things you could you can't get back, like a Roger Clemens UT jersey. But some of them, I mean, they seem like they would be replaceable they would, level, right? I if mean, your wife tells you, don't be spending the money, and I wouldn't get lucky well, like I did before to go somewhere where the minimum bid was like $100, and I got it for 125 when it should have been 1000 Well, I had this idea with Clements to have his long orange jersey, and it was framed at a UT event because well, UT gets a lot of people here in Houston. Mm-hmm. And if you, have an, if you have something at night, people are going to be drinking. And if your wife or your husband tells their spouse, I really want that, would you get it? He bid it up. <laughs> and I thought I could take it and donate the proceeds to an organization. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the best laid plans, they were gone. And the person that was really upset was my wife because she had gotten, so she went to some NFL parties. She got a helmet one time by walking around, had Muhammad Ali, had a lot of famous players. Man. And we made the mistake of putting it on a bookshelf and look up a couple of years later Every name's faded. And I thought, oh, no. I wish I could go trace over them. And I'll look at that helmet all the time, and all of them have faded. Yeah. And I thought, boy, what, was it what just a the, waste. Was it in the sunlight? Yeah. I, yeah. I put it up. Should have put it in a case. Didn't do it because it was hers. Yeah. And uh, I wish now I had done that. Yeah. My grandfather had one of one of his favorite, my favorite pieces of his. And he didn't collect either. But, you know, he played... 18 years of pro ball. He just accumulated stuff. Yeah. Like you say, you're not a collector, but you probably, if I went to your house, I'd probably see things. I'd be like, no, John collects. Like you've just accumulated certain things. Was a Hank Aaron baseball that he'd Ooh. signed. He got a chance to sit next to him at like one of these Houston baseball dinners. And it was just a, you know, best wishes, Hank Aaron. And I remember distinctly being a little kid, you know, maybe seven, eight years old. And I'd go into the room always and just look at that. And you could make it out. Today, and we did our best to just keep it out of sunlight. Yeah. You can't you can't hardly see it. I mean, it's just maybe like the imprint of the pen at one point in time. You can tell kind of what it is, but it's going to be gone one day. And that, that hurts. My buddies Jeff <laughs> Rosenberg and Bobby Mintz over at TriStar. Yeah. I've been over to their place, and they they have one of the best best memorabilia sites in the country. And their, their, uh, their big events they have here twice a year are spectacular. And I, I, they had this stuff behind humongous security, mm-hmm. a ball signed by Cy Young, a bat. I swung a bat used by Shoeless Joe Jackson. How about that? Jeff has the oldest baseball card in history from the Cincinnati Red Stockings from like the 1860s. And so when I left, uh, one of their guys said, hey, uh, you accidentally – Put a baseball in your pocket. I said, "Oh, you saw that, huh?" I was seeing how good their security was. No, you I was, didn't. God did. I was walking out with that Cy Young ball, and I'm thinking, you know, of all the great things they had in there, they had Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Honus Wagner. I just, for some reason, Cy Young won one more game than anybody in history. And of course, has Cy Young awards. I put it in my pocket. Of course, I wouldn't have stolen it. I would have given it back. But they politely. Said I accidentally <laughs> put it in my pocket and forgot to was get it, it back. No way, it was just the ball. It had to be in like a cube. Or it was something. in a, it was in a cube to protect it. <laughs> and but the bat, you know, to sit there and think about. I 
first thing I thought about on Shoeless Joe was Field of Dreams. Yeah, of course. I almost expect, expected my dead father to come out from a bathroom. And uh, <laughs> it was just for somebody, and I love historical stuff involving sports, especially football and baseball. Yeah. And I think all the cards I used to have, I used to have Mickey Mantle's rookie card, Ted Williams, and I gave all those baseball cards to my little brother for the Beatles White Album. What? And he has no clue what he did with it. What? One time about 10 years ago, when he was about 50, I said I made him. I did make him. I made him crawl around in my parents' attic in the summer when it was like 150 degrees and see if he could find a box that had those baseball cards that maybe, just maybe my mother didn't throw away. And he almost died up there. But couldn't find any boxes. And he guessed that after I gave them to him for the Beatles White Album, he gave them to my mother and she threw them just, away. That's cringe. That, it? oh, <laughs> it's cringe. It's cringeworthy. How much, how, much is a, how much is a Beatles White Album worth today? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot. You can find plenty of those <laughs> when I was young, Sean. But when I think of monetary money, was not something I thought a lot about. But now, when I think about those baseball cards, Pete Rose, Roberto Clemente, uh, all the great players and all the famous Sandy Koufax, and the big deal was to get their rookie cards. Yeah, and I had them all. God, just make that makes me hurt my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Every me, time I bring that up, it oh makes me hurt because I think about how much all that was be be worth. And I, I don't know oh, that I would have sold it. Yeah, I would have kept it, and I would have had it to show friends. Yeah, well, it's a good insurance policy too. It's there in case you good need point. it. <laughs> He's John McClain, Sean Bajani. Uh, let's take a quick trip around the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett fired yesterday by the Denver Broncos after a four and eleven start. Broncos released a statement yesterday. Uh, immediately after the firing, expressed that they were headed in a new direction. Uh, the timing allows them to start the search for a new head coach. There was a Justina Anderson report uh, yesterday that came out probably a couple hours prior to, and there wasn't really a name on there that you hadn't heard already amongst the uh, hottest commodities that are going to be available to teams. Plenty of them going to be, need, need, be needing head coaches this offseason. But two hours later, after the Broncos fired Hackett, they were told that Jerry Rossberg, whom Hackett hired during the season as a clock management strategist and game management strategist, was going to be taking over the interim role. What you make of that, John? There are a couple things that have happened the last two years that were red flags. That Hackett struggled so much early with clock management and had to bring in a guy to oversee it. That's a red flag. Last year... When Zach Wilson, they was struggling so much, they brought in his former quarterback, his quarterback guru, John Beck, former quarterback, brought him to New York and put him on the staff because that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. And um, and so the DeBroncos also fired two position coaches, which is weird. And and of course everybody, everybody is going to want. Uh, Sean Payton. Payton's got to have final say over personnel like he had in New Orleans where he ran everything. Mickey Loomis, his GM, worked well with him, but Mickey was a cap guy, and he knew Sean was the man. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way it's going to have to be if you get him. And early in the season, when he was doing that Fox pregame show, he mentioned what Russell Wilson was not doing 
and what they should be doing, yes. which is what he did in Seattle. And so what happened was Hackett tried to make Russell Wilson fit to what he wanted to do instead of vice versa. And Josina Anderson, when she brought up Daryl Bevel, Russell Wilson's former coordinator, there's a report he would bring Brian Schottenheimer, who was quarterback coach and coordinator with him. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's the way you should go about your business. I think you go after the best guy and work from there. But they can't cut him after this year. It's just too much dead money that they would have to pay. They would have no problem giving Sean Payton full control because if their general manager, George Payton, is back after he's the one that traded for him and he's the one that gave him the contract, it'll be a miracle. Yeah, trying to fix Russell Wilson. You don't even know if he's fixable at this point in time. I think he'll be entering his age 35 season next year. And look, I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it. Nobody saw it. But there was a, well, I'm talking not just this year, but just there was a decline you know, I guess over the course of the last couple of years. Last year he was hurt. And when he was healthy, he had like 23 or 25 touchdowns and six or seven interceptions. Yeah, it was very low. That's no indication Mm -hmm. that he was going to be horse bleep this season. Yeah, lowest uh, career QBR just in his recent performance. (laughs) I think a 3.9 or whatever it was. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, we talked about this, I think, a little bit yesterday um, that he – there was rumblings that he could return in 2023 and reunite with Tom Brady. Well, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, Gronk could do just that, tweeting, quote-unquote, I'm bored in recent days. If This report is just based off of a tweet. That's cute. I don't think, though. There has to be more to it. A couple of teams have apparently reached out about a possibility of unretirement this year. The Buccaneers, according to reports, were one of them. Is the door open in 2023 for Rob Gronkowski to return, in your opinion? The guy who's retired twice, he's 34 years old. I think the only way he would play is if Brady, and Brady tried to get him to come to Tampa, and he didn't want to do it, mm-hmm. is if Brady re-signed with the Buccaneers or went somewhere else. And what kind of market is there going to be for Brady? And, you know, people say, well, the 49ers wanted him. Well, the way things are going with Brock Purdy, and you, you pay dearly, you get Trey Lance. I wouldn't want to bring Brady out there and upset that. You know, what's it, would Denver, would they want him to come to Denver? Miami's not going to be getting him like they tried to do with him and Sean Payton with Tua Tungavailoa playing the way he was playing until recently. And so I don't know what the market would be other than Tampa. And maybe the Jets want him to come up there. But I could see him coming back with Brady, but not anywhere else. You mentioned Tua. Uh, He's the last uh, story I've got here. Placed in concussion protocol again. His status for Week 17 against the Patriots in doubt after uh, he was once again. This is, I think, the third time this season he's placed in concussion protocol. This was something that happened after the game. Like, he went and said, hey, I'm not feeling right. They have no idea. So, again... This might be the second time he's played through and with a concussion in an NFL game. What kind of concern do you have to have about Tua's health this year, long-term, and just really the process to identify, or really it's failing to identify these things in a game? The, the, the media went over every play, and somebody wrote, okay, if this is the play 
where he got the concussion. Here were his stats before it. Here were his stats afterward. But you don't know if that was it. Yeah, They couldn't say for sure. Nobody brought it up on TV. But he showed symptoms after the game. Mm-hmm. And um, Teddy Bridgewater, it looks like he'll play. They need to win. And um, and guys that go into concussion protocol like Titus Howard and uh, Jimmy Morrissey, generally they don't come back immediately. Mm-hmm. Now maybe having an, uh, an extra day would help. But generally, guys, if you're in concussion protocol – you don't come back before two weeks. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Tua could come back for the last game in the playoffs. And, um, you know, I've seen so many guys play with multiple concussions throughout their careers. And I'll be with a bunch of them around the Gridiron Legends at the bowl game tomorrow, next two days. And they don't have issues. And they played when you could hit people in the head. Now, a lot of them do and a lot of them don't. And so you never know for sure, but... Hopefully, Tua will be back sooner rather than later. But yeah. even though, if it's something like the broadcasters see it and the experts don't, that's one thing. But nobody saw that. No. And, you know, concussions is just another one of those things that you never know how. It, you can't base it off of what happened to somebody else. Everybody's different. Your body's just you're going to react differently to those sorts of things. And the fact that you're pouring over every single play of the game and you can't accurately identify when something like that happened is kind of crazy to me. He's John McLean, Sean Bajani McLean presented by horn solutions in for pain in Pendergast coming up next are the Astros ready to move on from this fan favorite. I'll tell you who it is and discuss next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 